Moving on to best music, uh, which comprises score or, or, or soundtrack. The previous winners in this category in 2015 were Everybody's Gone to the Rapture and 2016, based on a deadlock between soundtrack and score. And the awards were given to Mafia 3 for soundtrack and Doom 2016 for the score. Our nominees in this category this year are Sonic Mania, Near Automata, Super Mario Odyssey, Arms, Cuphead, Horizon Zero Dawn, Tekken 7, Goner, Yakuza 0, and Ruiner. I'm going to start off this topic with Harry. Myself? Yes. Uh, okay. First, on uh, the chopping block for you. Okay. This is a tremendous category, by the way, just first off. But I'm going to put, I'm going to suggest we cut something that I thoroughly enjoyed myself, thought it had a beautiful soundtrack, listened to it quite a bit after I finished this game in question, but I just don't think it hangs with this heavy competition, and that's uh, Horizon. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I I think kind of as the guy who probably played second most uh, after Barry uh, on the panel here, uh, I did quite enjoy the soundtrack, but in terms of, like, I look at this list uh, and between the ones I've played and the ones I know of the soundtrack of, regardless having played it, I think it's the least memorable of them. Um, okay, so that's that off. Uh, Mark next. Okay, okay. Well, uh, basically, Gonna, uh, this kind of really cool, minimalistic, glitchy type soundtrack. Uh, which really fits the kind of minimalist, glitchy style visuals of the game. Uh, it's not going to win uh, sound soundtrack of the year, but it uh, definitely deserves the mention. Uh, it has been mentioned, and now we can go. I really I, liked uh, I that when I went to listen to it. There's a song called Janky Tune, which is just like this all over the place, kind of lo-fi dub, reggae, drum and bassy thing that kind of yep. sounded like some really early 90s kind of shit that, that I would easily get on board with. So i got to say, what I heard of this I really liked. Yeah, I, I didn't play uh, Garner, but I listened to the soundtrack in preparation for this, and I was like, this is cool. This is kind of a kind of a weird cousin of Hotline Miami in some kind of ways. Um, really dug it, really dug it, but I think it's, I think it's fine to cut amidst this competition. Mm. Jack? I will cut Tekken 7 because it's a Tekken game soundtrack and I don't think anything from it really stood out to me like head and shoulders no standout headline track or anything that kind of made me jump out of my seat and think right this is way different from anything else I've heard on a Tekken soundtrack before the the only thing I'll disagree with is the character select screen is a bang just a massive tune um, definitely agree. Like, I mean, with Tekken games, usually there's like one or two stages, um, but it's it's kind of overall fine is what you get from a Tekken game. Exactly. Uh, it, it was mainly it was mainly the, the character uh, select screen, uh, and we'll be kind of referring to that for another game later on uh, uh-huh. in in <laughs> in this uh, round. Um, I agree with you. It's definitely not like the the most memorable the best soundtrack this year but it has a couple of moments that kind of fit the the general kind of japanesey style vibe of tekken and just the overall madness but again yeah definitely not the best of the year 
Okay. So yeah, we'll I thought it was off. quite similar to another one on this list, um, which I thought executed those sort of songs much better. So I'm tied between two here personally. Uh, one is one I nominated for the list, um, and one is kind of one I've played and enjoyed. But I don't, I, I don't think either of them are number one for me necessarily. Um, and the the one I'm going to eliminate is the one that I picked. I don't think anyone else nominated it, but I could be wrong. Uh, I might eliminate Sonic Mania here. I, I think it's good. It's a really good Sonic soundtrack. It, um, I, I think the stage twos of, of each kind of world do really good things, both in terms of the level design and the music um, of kind of subverting um the the stage one theme so i really do appreciate that but when i look at what's left here on the list um i don't think it's finishing number one so i might as well now yeah i i think i also nominated this uh ah. it's it is really good uh and I, I i totally agree with you about those stage twos they're great but again, uh, I don't know. I also think, other than th- those cool variants on stage two, I also think it, it didn't really bring anything new to the Sonic soundtrack table. Um, uh, the, the nearest, the nearest thing I felt that was like new and different was the the intro theme for that for that FMV intro, mm-hmm. which is really great. It's a really great song. I've listened to it a bunch um, uh, outside of the game. But every everything else is like safe, familiar good sonic music but uh, yeah I, I definitely agree it probably doesn't hang here i, I think like my the... biggest issue with it sorry jack off you no go on mate you go go for it. i i was just gonna say my my biggest issue and it's my biggest issue with sonic mania overall is that there isn't enough original stuff there yeah um like the new stuff there like the studiopolis zone and the press garden zone both in terms of the concepts and both in terms of um the music i think they're both great i think they're executed really really well especially the uh, press garden zone i really really like that theme um but yeah i mean because this is going back to sonic 3 where they started toying around with having um act one and act two be slightly different in the themes but kind of carrying over on the same core theme um and yeah so like a lot of the stages there's not that much there that i haven't heard before other than obviously some of the the sonic 2 stages that have been uh, reintroduced um but again compared to some of the other stuff that's still on here like there's not enough new content within sonic mania um to make me really think that yeah it, it could win um but I, I you know i still think that the the original stuff that is in there is very very good mm. uh okay sorry um, what, what was you gonna say jack yeah. I was just going to say, I, I thought like it's kind of got that real bright and breezy sort of old school arcade feel to it, so I can see why you've kind of the knock of like not having a lot of originality. I actually thought from listening to, to parts of it, my favourite song was like the intro song to the game, which was... Oh, like, it's so good. Which was absolutely amazing. Like I listened to that whole thing and I was like, this is brilliant. Um, there's also a song on there called um, Dimension Heist, which uh, is a massive thumbs up for me. Like I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I think if you play any Sonic game over the years, it's not going to be an overly different experience. So it's the same thing with Tekken, really, where it, it doesn't do enough to stand out from what's come before. Yeah. Uh, okay, with Sonic struck off, we are now in the business end. We've got uh, six 
left here and from what i'm seeing we've got um a couple of outstanding soundtracks as a whole and then a few games that have good soundtracks but have one outstanding song from them that i think uh one if not all of us have found ourselves humming from time to time in a couple of cases um walking around so barry you have the unenviable task of starting to hatch it away at the the real cream of the crop here okay so there's one there's one game on here that I haven't played and I haven't listened to the soundtrack. Goner, I, I didn't play, but I did make time to listen to it. I just didn't get around to this next one. So I guess I, I guess I want to hear the case for uh, arms. What's 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 the deal with arms? <laughs> <laughs> so like before, I'm gonna leave because I know how strongly Mark feels about this. I'm gonna just tee him up and and he can talk about it, but the story of arms and why it features in a surprising amount of categories this year for us is that it's a game that came out to like very mediocre reviews real middle of the road like yeah it's a decent game and then i got it as a present for my birthday and didn't think i was going to play much of it and then for myself and mark sat down to play it it's surprisingly amazing um and it due in no small part to uh a like a, a a soundtrack particularly one the, the the menu and character select screen and song which is as mark is about to tell you a fucking jam mark it's just it's the most joyful celebration of uh color and sound and takes yeah. that kind of brazilian whoa, whoa. influence yeah 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 it takes that kind of brazilian uh uh samba, samba, is that samba yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah takes a lot of that influence that vibe um and it just translates across so well um like the in-game stuff you don't get a chance to kind of really listen to it because the game itself is so frantic and mad um, yeah, you're too focused on uh, like the, the 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 actual gameplay is so frantic in it that I don't notice the the soundtrack for the most part apart from that loading screen because it's the only time when I'm not frantically flailing my arms around trying to but, play the well, game. But what I was talking about earlier with the Tekken Seven kind of character select screen, um, it's even more so here. So they kind of used like a more minimalist style of the main theme, uh, more focusing on like an, a, a Spanish acoustic guitar. Um, but you have the kind of characters bouncing back and forth, kind of almost in tune or in time with the, the main theme. Uh, and I, there's been few things I've enjoyed more this year than just watching a fucking character select screen in arms. Uh, it's genuinely just super, super upbeat, fun, vibrant, energetic, uh, and it's easily in my top three uh, themes, songs, sounds of the year. Uh, just in like the main theme of Arms Alone, and I'd recommend giving that a listen to, if nothing else. And, and the latest, uh, the latest update patches in a remix version of the song as well, which is also a Ooh. fucking jam. Yeah, I I really liked uh, the Arms soundtrack bits and pieces that I listened to. I've kind of got down um, energetic, old school, arcade, busy. Quite, it was very busy. All of the, I like. There was always quite a lot going on. Um, and there was yeah. a like a really J poppy song, which I think might have been the one that you guys are doing with the woes in it. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's called Ribbon Ring. I'm not 100 percent sure if that was the title. Dude, it's so good, it's so good. I was, I really enjoyed um, listening to what I listened to here. So I, I feel like this is uh, this is a pretty strong one. But then I look down the list, and uh, <laughs> they're all strong. It's quite difficult. Yeah. Um, if I'm wearing my silly trousers on any given day, I could make a case for this being my uh, score of the year. 
Yeah. Um, well, if you keep, I mean, if you want to keep it for now, I can cut something. Something else I could maybe see going on this. Um. Yeah. Take take another swing of the hatchet there. I, okay. like, I don't. I don't necessarily think Cuphead is a solid number one for me, but I definitely think it's in the Champions League spots. Really? Because um, I that was actually going to be my next my next question. Oh. It's, it's it's great and it's unique, but um. I don't know if it was as much of a toe tapper. Sing it to yourself for ages after play. You know, I, I I feel like it fits perfectly with the aesthetic of the game. But the aesthetic is the remarkable thing to me, and the music's just kind of the fitting. It's fitting, but I I don't know that I adore it. Completely agree, mate. I I, I don't know if it's just a matter of taste, but the jazziness of it kind of gets a little bit cloying after a while. Like watching, because um, I actually I didn't play it myself, but I've, I've watched an awful lot of it in, in preparation for today, and I just think that it kind of, it after a while it just wears really thin with me. Okay, so the the one thing I will say to kind of counter Barry and Jack on that is that much in the same way that Arms has one strong um, song to it, I think there was a bit. Mark will verify this. I think there was about a week and a half where most times I'd walk into the room, I'd be singing "Ah, Mr. King Dice." So it does have like one song that I really love on it, but I I totally get what the where the two E are coming from. That most of the rest of it all just kind of blends into a relatively generic jazzy soundtrack. Yeah, so uh, why which, okay which what, works, what, which what, works, what? it works well in concert with the visuals. But I it think. Does. Like if I was to see that CD in the shop, I'd I'd much prefer to download the single, the, the King Dice Jam, uh, what, on what iTunes rather say, than buy the album. What I'll say in in Cuphead's defense, um, though, I mean for me, I do have one game still that I will pick over Cuphead. Um, is that the the big band brass style type uh, sound perfectly complements the game in that when the game gets frantic the soundtrack gets frantic as well and it really kind of mixes and matches and, and goes with the the tension that rises within a level um it, it's so well dynamically uh paced and i don't think that comes across immediately if you just listen to the soundtrack on its own um again as as uh, dave pointed out the i miss the king die song like not only is, is it a great song but it does kind of tell the story uh, like well it does it does that it literally t- tells the story of what's going on uh and it's just again like a real kind of celebration of um just good games craftsmanship and, and song craftsmanship uh in a way that i haven't really heard before um i can see that in terms of just being an actual kind of thing to listen to on its own yeah it doesn't kind of stand out as much as some other stuff uh so i'm not going to put up as much of a fight for it here um and yeah i mean it won best like best graphically so you know i'm, I'm already yeah. fine yeah, I, I, I think I think maybe we could Cuphead just based on the. Uh, I think for me, every other one on this list that's still here, I could see myself in one mood or another listening to the soundtrack independent of the game. Um, and I know that's not the, the only criteria by which we award this, um, but it's certainly a way to differentiate it from the other ones. That I think a lot of the soundtrack outside the the, the King Dice song. Um, doesn't stand up as strongly uh, as a piece of music uh, without the the visuals to help prop it up. Okay. Um, okay. So that's that off. Uh, is it Mark next? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about Rowena, so someone talked to me about Rowena. Barry, that's your uh, game? That was me, yeah. So, Rooter, I don't think it's going to necessarily win any other categories. I, I don't know that it necessarily win this either, but it's def- it's pro- possibly the most stylish game uh, on any year that Cuphead didn't come out. Um, it's it's the uh, isometric shooter from Devolver Digital, kind of neo-noir, kind of tech, you know, cyberpunk future vision of, of um, sort of uh, uh, Asia. And it's got this red and black kind of neon aesthetic, and it has this uh, soundtrack to go along with that. That's very uh, brooding and very uh, atmospheric. It's not as kind of um, over the top and and um, sort of in your face as a lot of other great soundtracks. Like like when I've described the game, you might be maybe thinking of a, maybe a Hotline Miami style soundtrack. This is a lot more. Um, uh, kind of subdued, but dark, it's excellent in, in in how subdued. Yeah, very dark, very brooding. Fits just it's it's. I, I can't think of any of any kind of visual and audio style that have just slotted into each other so perfectly as this game. Um, and and it's just it's it's possibly it's probably the soundtrack I've listened to the most outside of um, uh, uh, playing the game, which is something I've done a lot this year. I mean, there's been so so many great um, soundtracks, but yeah, it's it's really intense, really gritty. It 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 conveys the tone of the game really really well, and and it it um uh, I think. I think it's just a, a really, really great collection of, of, of songs. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I would necessarily cut it, but also I don't know that it wins either. So unless anyone else is, is strong on it, I can probably let it go. I loved it, Barry. Um, um, I want to listen to this, and I thought it was awesome. It, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with um, a band called She Wants Revenge, but it's kind of like this like dark disco kind of like distorted synthesizer like really kind of brood and stuff and and it was really right in the same sort of vein as that and uh yeah just yeah there's a song called sleep paralysis which was my was my favorite of the things i listened to and i I just thought it's absolutely brilliant like it kind of sounds like you know early 90s kind of chip synthesizers and and like things that are distorting when you know maybe somebody might have polished it up a little bit but they kind of haven't they've just left it a little, a little bit yeah janky around the edges and i just it hit all the right spots with me like this is the one soundtrack that i listened to that i didn't really know anything about the game and i, I always try to watch it like with cuphead the same i try and watch it in context of the game and i just thought this is the what that was so perfect like the soundtrack and the style of the game was amazing um i don't necessarily yeah. say i'd rate it above the other ones but i feel like as a person who knew nothing about the game and knew nothing about the music when i came into this i'd say this was the most enjoyable unique experience i had of not knowing something and hearing it yeah and, and the game the game is good but not perfect it's it's got some flaws it is it's just a fairly straightforward isometric shooter but it's like 20 quid and for the quality of the soundtrack and the visuals as well it's like it's well worth playing i mean it's, it's something i would highly recommend as far as maybe underrated releases this year you know just to soak up all that style and and, and get a pretty solid shooter out of it as well but yeah um you de- definitely lots of distortion some of the, some of the tracks especially some of the earlier ones they're almost almost a little bit kind of abstract in some kind of ways like it's just it almost sounds very mechanical and distorted it's it's 
very very cool um but yeah so i think i think we've given it a, a solid shout out here but uh the competition is is very very stiff and since it is just one winner in this category i'd say we could probably we'll probably leave it go oh, okay okay uh jack oh now this is difficult oh, this is tough um oh, of these one oh man of these ones the remaining four i am kind of torn between revisiting arms and yakuza zero um so i'll talk about what i thought of yakuza zero which is that it's absolutely just bonkers <laughs> it sounds like somebody <laughs> the having game the, and the soundtrack <laughs> it sounds like somebody having the best time like a, a really really talented multi-instrumentalist but mainly guitarist like it, it, there are parts of it that kind of you would put up against like dragon force or something and like there's always something going on like drum machines and like palm muted guitars and like synth like lead lines and yeah it's perfect for the intensity of the of the game you know the city street kind of environment that the game's setting it's it's really really good so i think i've just talked myself into it i'm gonna say i'm gonna have to renominate arms of the ones that are left guys sorry you're gonna pick arms are you I'm gonna try and get yeah. I'm gonna try and get rid of arms, but I wanted to because yeah. I want to put over Yakuza Zero. I I think it no. is really good. No, that's cool. Uh, I was gonna chop arms next, but might turn right after you anyway because I thought arms has kind of gotten as far as I think it should go. Um, yeah. Here, so unless Mark, you you really want to fight hard, I'm cool with arms. No, no, I am like between the the ones left that I would fight for. Um, like arms is is solely I would be banking on the one song. Uh, and as good as that one song is, like if we had a category for like it's best so good. <laughs> individual song in a game, I'd probably give it to Arms, but uh, that's not enough for for what's left. So I'm fine at this point. Okay, my turn, uh, and this is the point at which I'll, I'll cut Yakuza Zero. Uh, yeah. I don't want to echo. Fair. I don't uh, want to echo exactly what Jack has said, but when I look at the realistic possibility for a winner in this category, I have my favorite and the one that a lot of other people really enjoy as well um and i really like yakuza zero uh i think that's a real kind of sleeper hit of a game this year and i I really enjoy the soundtrack to it but when i look at the other two in this category i i I, in my head even though i'm not fond of one of the games um i I can't put yakuza zero above it soundtrack wise anyway um do do you want to fight that barry or i'd love to i would love to protest it but i think you're probably right i would love to fight it but but I can't. It's just I'll, I'll, one thing I will say is that I have uh, I I can't remember if a, if a week has gone by since I finished Yakuza that I have not at least once hummed to myself the song that plays while you're dressing up the girls in the cabaret club. They have this really <laughs> tremendous like fake Mariah Carey song play oh, yeah. while you're doing that, and it's so good it's so good and and all the other music all the fight songs are great it's a great fucking japanese mafia ass kicking soundtrack it's oh it's great it's really really great um uh but it's against it's against two uh two titans here so i i don't know that it wins so so yeah i, th- I think i think it's 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 good to cut 
Okay, uh, so we're down to two now, and rather than just try and uh, go to, it'll be Barry's turn next, because we're down to yeah. two, I think we'll just go with the kind of the arguments for the two games that are left here, which if you're following along at home are near Automata and Super Mario Odyssey. Um, so what I'll do is I'll go to who I have in my notes nominated these games first um, to uh, talk about their respective kind of like ups and downs. So uh, Mark, do you want to talk to us about the soundtrack to near Automata? Uh, yeah, I was surprised that uh, it actually got this far. Um, yeah, I, I actually was going it, to... It made it in at the last second because I already had a passion project on here um, and I was going to try and put Breath of the Wild on. Because I, even though it's a very minimalist soundtrack, I think it's fucking brilliant. But uh, I kind of said, all right, I'll pick my battles another time. So uh, Nier made it in. Okay. So the thing about Nier is it basically sounds like something that Joe uh, Hisashi uh, would compose, who is basically the composer for a whole bunch of Studio Ghibli films. Um, and so stuff like uh, uh, Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, um, anything from uh, Spirit Away, you can just go through his list of films and it has that similar vibe but it also ha- kind of has a level of it takes any of the whimsy out of those that those soundtracks and just kind of adds layers and layers of of uh, grandiose and epicness um and certainly like with i mean of any uh game this year that soundtrack there's a couple of songs there's the song in the desert um, there is the uh, kind of fairground area, and there's the uh, a village with the the robots. And each one I can kind of distinctly remember. Um, not only the the main theme, but kind of each layer as well, because uh, it's a game that is dynamic with its uh, sound arrangement. So as you kind of first enter uh, an area, you might have just like a a, a single melody. Or you may have uh, like a single piano line or something. And as you get further and further into each of these areas and get deeper into them, uh, it kind of adds the layers up until you have like the full uh, arrangement of the song. And it's so beautifully done. And uh, even like the first time to the 20th time that I go into the desert and I can hear the woman's vocals come in, uh, it it got me every single time and added a layer of... Uh, detail uh, and and just kind of the overall atmosphere and tone of the game it, it really adds to it um, and it's where this game really grabs me because uh, the game does have a lot of fucking problems uh, as as has been mentioned and could be mentioned elsewhere but I think that if this game if I'm gonna kind of really put a fight for it somewhere it is in the soundtrack and I think it is fucking just a wonderful arrangement of, of, of songs um and just the 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 kind of child like uh choir melody in the robot forest like that bit alone there just gets me every single time um so yeah like near for me is is my score my soundtrack of the year and uh yeah there's there's my argument for it basically sounds like a studio ghibli soundtrack so it's gonna get me every time yeah mark i i actually had joe hisaishi and um nobuo umatsu written down um, and Nobuo Uematsu, for those who don't know, is a Final Fantasy composer, like from that classic seven, eight, nine kind of period. Um, and for me to like invoke those two names, like means that this is something special. 
Um, pretty much everything you just said I agree with, but I really do want to talk about how rich the instrumentation is. Like, it's just so... Like, it, it's not only kind of well kind of recorded and, and produced and stuff, but, like, it, it, it just sounds a lot kind of thicker and, like, really just evokes like emotional responses from you in different areas of the game when when you feel it kind of swelling up like you were talking about and it it is only those two composers that have ever really hit home with me in that kind of style of music that they're using here like when to use like the big four orchestral arrangements but when to cut it down to be sparse and effectively use things like piano and that to convey emotion and this game the soundtrack was just it's, it's amazing to listen to jack do you want to talk about super mario odyssey yes i do <laughs> <laughs> the, it's the just, most obvious answer to a question on this program i think yeah um so can we i mean quite obviously say that jump up superstar is just one of the best things that anyone would have heard this year what do we think? oh absolutely it's yeah. the, it's the it's the nexus of modern music. It's it's just the peak of everything. It's it's so full of joy and exuberance and like kind of like nods and winks to actual things you do in Mario games. It's just like I I hand it off to you again, Jack here. But the the my two cents on the Super Mario Odyssey soundtrack is that whereas uh, I completely go with everything near uh, Jack Mark is saying about near. Uh, the game didn't really land that well for me. I bounced off it pretty quickly, but the soundtrack I, I did quite enjoy. No game on this list uh, by... It's not even close the amount of times um, the soundtrack to Super Mario Odyssey just made me smile. Like, that big kind of rictus idiot smile that you get like when you're just reminded of like nice childhood things. Uh, Jack just uh, waxed lyrical there for a while about Odyssey. You're right, Dave. It is, it's just a very joy, joyful soundtrack. Like, every environment that you're in, like, whether it's, like, the Luncheon Kingdom, which is, is one of my absolute favourites from the soundtrack, or, you know, I, I really like the Sand Kingdom as well. Like, I, I think the music is very appropriate to each kingdom. I the, You have different areas where you go into the 8-bit and then they have like an 8-bit version of the music which is just it's done to perfection also and like every kind of different pipe or place that you can visit all have different theme songs and, and they're all memorable and they've got like elements and references back to classic mario music in there like i'm i love when you put the band together for the festival in new donk and you go into the room mm-hmm. where they're playing and they're playing like a jazzy full band version of the super mario theme tune it's just little callbacks like that or like walking into peach's castle and getting the peach's castle theme from um, super mario 64 but like a new sort of version of it and it's just it's amazing. It makes you happy all the way through. There's never a point where you think to yourself, ah, oh, this is a bit intrusive or like, ah, oh, I'm not really feeling this. But they, they've just managed to find that perfect balance of, of joyfulness and appropriate placement of music. And yeah, I, I love it. I love it with all my heart. Uh, Barry, is there anything you want to throw in here on these two games against each other before we go to a vote? 
Uh, no, I think they're both tremendous, but and they're also both so totally different. I think Mario in general is like the most uplifting game of the year, and a year that sorely needed it. And the the music is a huge part of that. It's vibrant and colorful, and it makes you smile. And it's so varied. There's so much other stuff. All all the tracks that repeat, like most of the uh, sort of uh, uh, self-contained levels and pipes, all the repeating tracks are great. So that when you hear them pick up again, when you go into a particular level, it's always great to hear them and the more unique tracks feel great within the context of the levels it's just tremendous but near i mean for, for all we've said about near negatively i mean that soundtrack is just fantastic it's it's so weird and unique and doing its own thing and as mark said that how layered it is and how it changes over time is is really impressive uh, yeah i i think they are both absolutely fantastic okay let's put it to a vote um I am going to pass my vote for Odyssey. Um, Mark? Uh, I'm going to go for Nia. Jack? Oh. Um. <laughs> That's not a game, Jack. Yeah, this is really difficult. Really, really difficult for me. Um, I will edge Mario for the happiness of it all. And I'm, I, I kind of want Barry to just play the near because I think these two both deserve <laughs> equal recognition. Oh, uh, I Barry. know. I really like don't, a winner. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't listen to the voice of moderation. Go with your heart. Oh, God, this is tough. This is tough. It's, it's, it it's safe to say, I, I think we said it last year, but it, it's even more true this year that there's no, like, we have a winner in this category because there, there kind of has to be one. I think any of the top four or five in this category would be a worthy winner in most other years. Um, yeah. So this isn't to say that whichever soundtrack loses out here is bad. It's just that, you know, personal preferences come into play at a certain point. Uh, I, I will go, just because they are both incredible collections of music but one of them has a real standout blow away track I'll, I'll give the edge to Mario and I'll vote Mario okay Fair. so locked in apologies Mark but the no, no it's uh, it, look that song alright that new donk <laughs> festival alright I... Jump Up Superstar is just the fuck it it's just it's again if Jump Up Superstar wasn't in the game it'd probably be even more agonizing for Barry to cast that final vote but yeah. that is that I think that is the standout song that that puts it uh, over the top here your winner for best music in either score or soundtrack is super mario odyssey Moving on, best story, which is a new category for 2017. Um, God, this is going to be hard as well. <laughs> yeah, this is strap in, motherfuckers. This is going to be a tough one. Um, the nominees in this debuting category for 2017 are What Remains of Edith Finch, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Yakuza 0, 
Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Madden's Long Shot Mode, uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Tacoma, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Um, um, I, I have played one of these games, and by my own admission, story is the least important thing of the game for me, so I am actually going to take myself out of this uh, yeah. category because there's, there's nothing I can give. Okay, I was going to say there's one game that would, that you're in the middle of playing that you haven't had the big things spoiled on you for. Would you like to like mute yourself and I no, can because, text you when this category is over? No, because I've already went and sold it back to CEX, so do what you want. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, wow. here we are. Heavy shots fired. So with Mark out of contention, I, I am going to start this round off. And I put it on here, um, and I'm going to knock it off straight away because I don't think it's going to have a huge amount of support just based on when the game last came up when we were talking about it. Um, And I'm going to knock off um, Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Um, And the reason I do that is I think the main reason um, that I, I put it on here was because it's great to see a game with a significant amount of money behind it with two leading female protagonists that passes the Bechdel test. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome to see like in a proper triple A budget video game, two women uh, on screen as the main characters and they can go for more than five minutes without talking about a man. Um, I, I really appreciated that. I thought it kind of like some of the elements of the uncharted franchise, uh, that were related to Nathan Drake in particular that I was starting to burn out on by the end of Uncharted 4 are kind of solved by just not having him in this game. Um, The thing that particularly, I know Mark is out of contention here, but the thing that particularly wore on Mark was um, Nathan Drake thinking every long driving sequence was time to stand up at the, uh, do his open mic set from the improv. Uh, And, that wasn't happening as much. There was some quippy dialogue, all right, on occasion in this game, but it wasn't as bad. So I, I wanted to include it here um, just to make mention of uh, it being a positive step for that franchise if they do eventually decide to come back to it. Uh, Does anyone but, uh, like Nathan Drake? Um, <laughs> I kind of like him. I think he's, he's all right. He's a bit of a goof, but, you know. Yeah. In that kind of, like, Indiana Jones archetype, like our Nathan Fillion type, um, he's he's pretty good at. But I think four games in, it started to wear pretty thin. I find um, him unlikable as hell. Whenever I've played those games, I'm like, oh yeah, God. oh that's fair. That's he is definitely he has a marmite quality to him. Um, but yeah, unless you want to fight me on that, Barry, that's what I'm knocking off. No, no, absolutely. I, I that was actually going to be my first pick if no one took it first. Um, uh, I thought it was an, an an okay Uncharted story, and I appreciated um, the two central characters. They they were very interesting and very well done, especially um, Nadine, who got kind of short shrift in Uncharted Four. Uh, it was great to yeah. see them expanded upon, but yeah, it was it was just kind of more of the same solid stuff. Jack, you next for the chop. Um, just because I don't know a lot about it, can someone fill me in on Tacoma, please? So Tacoma is the the latest uh, game from Fulbright, who are the people known for Gone Home a few years ago, which was a real kind of uh, real success story uh, in terms of like the an interesting narrative in that genre that can be described as a walking simulator. That is kind of a, a term. The walking simulator is kind of like a 
the genesis of it is kind of a dismissive term, but honestly, there isn't a better way to describe those. It may be an interactive narrative, but that's a bit too douchey for my tastes. Um, so they they filled it up with Tacoma this year, um, the the Xbox, and I th- I assume because of the, the the universal platform thing that it's on PC as well. Um, but it's a console exclusive on Xbox, and it's basically you arrive uh, investigating this. Uh, ship floating in space called the Tacoma that has been abandoned and you don't know why um, the the crew aren't there anymore you're not sure of the events that led to it you've just been sent up by this kind of like mysterious shadowy company you work for that may know more than you do about what's happened and you kind of you're investigating what happened after the fact and you interact with a kind of the, the version of CCTV that this ship has is to basically project wireframe versions of the crew into the room and provide you with a like kind of almost like a remote control that you can rewind the scene, rewatch from a different perspective in the room to see if there's something you miss those figures doing visually. Uh, and then there's characters that will come in and out of the room. Uh, and this is where, like, I think that the, that kind of um, narrative tool uh, really shows itself as being quite clever in that you can like, if a, a third character walks into the room during that period, you can kind of rewind it to see what door did they come in and you can follow them out while you're rewinding into the room they came from and see what they were doing before they entered the room. Cause sometimes that's the important part that you need to take away for the, the broader narrative of what's going on. Uh, again, I don't want to ruin the, the very end of it. Um, but it, it, it's not, I don't think it's as good as gone home in getting you properly invested in all the characters. And I don't think it is the, the very best story uh, of this year, but I, I think it definitely sucks you in. Um, through that clever way of recreating the events that happened on the ship. And you do definitely get invested somewhat in the characters and their kind of like their diverse nature and the things they're into and stuff like that, that by the end, they, it really has taken you along for a ride. Uh, I really like, it. I won't argue if you want to get rid of it here, Jack. Um, but I, I, it definitely is worthy of nomination. Did you play it at all, Barry? Uh no, that's Xbox exclusive uh, yeah. on the console, and, and I don't have that. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, should we get rid of Tacoma then? Um, a worthy nominee, but not a real runaway winner by any stretch. Uh, Barry, what do you want to chop? Hmm. Um, I heard very good things about this next one. Uh, I myself did not get to it. It's not, it's not in my wheelhouse, um, but I'd be interested to hear the case for Madden. Because I, uh, I know obviously they. I actually so one of the things I've heard is that uh, among the sports games, because it, it seems to be the trendy thing at the moment, is that they all kind of want the. Uh, they're going for the story thing, which I think mm. is admirable and interesting. I've heard that this is the best one thus far, so I'm interested to yeah. hear what what you make of it. So before before I kind of launch into anything here, Jack, you you have you played this? Yes, uh, I know yes. you're. I you're played. I played so. some of it, and I watched quite like because okay, I couldn't so. be bothered to finish it because. I don't know. Madden is kind of. I, I used to love it, but it's frustrated me more and more as the years have gone on. Similar story with FIFA, to be honest. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of this. 
Dave. So uh, what what I'll do is I'll get you to talk about the story in a second because I've I've already I talked about the last game uh, at quite some length. But uh, to just to uh, kind of go off the point Barry was saying there, yeah, the, the EA Sports games are starting to develop these story modes now and they started it out with the journey last year in FIFA, which is one of those things where I wouldn't say it was outright good, but I would say it has, it's, it's kind of one of those things that's better than it has any right to be you know for like the first year of a story mode in a fucking fifa game it was actually surprisingly coherent and didn't just come off like a bad episode of dream team on sky one um that was a quality show and you know it <laughs> It sure was man that assassination at the fa cup final whoa yeah just trying to get the um, lease, but got john <laughs> but anyway um yeah so the the journey to this year came out on fifa and that's pretty good as well i actually enjoy it quite a bit more than the first one uh, and then comes along madden Longshot that that casts uh, and i'll butcher his first name mahershala ali uh of Shala. oh yeah, Mahershala, yeah yeah of uh luke cage and house of cards fame who is just oh, uh, uh, Oscars uh, moonlight moonlight yeah <laughs> Yeah, that Oscars um, thing that he was in. You yeah, know? the Oscars. That, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that small, that small trifle of a thing. Yeah. Um, so he's a brilliant actor, and he's not like the the main character in this by any stretch of the imagination. But he definitely lends some credibility to it. And um, I also have this this deep love for the. Even though I I'm not as an as avid a follower of American football as Jack is, I do have a soft spot for the American football movie. Um, that the sport lends itself to some really cool films over the years uh, and yeah. this is kind of like a, when Longshot is at its best it's hearkening back to that kind of thing like a real kind of Friday Night Lights tale of like a, a hometown hero getting another shot uh, at, at the big time but uh, Jack you, you talked to Barry about Longshot here so Longshot follows the story of a quarterback called Devin Wade uh, who is like a highly rated prospect uh, and he ends up having a really horrible thing happen to him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can I say spoilers here, Dave? Can I go into the yeah, story okay. a bit? Well, yeah, we haven't spoiled anything yet, but what I will say is uh, skip past the rest of this category if you don't want spoilers because there's a cu- this and a couple of the games that are left on the list have some real heavy spoilers that we kind of need to talk about. So... Um, Try and scrub past the rest of this category if if any of the nominees here are something you haven't played. So with that said, and the, the spoiler alert is down, uh, Jack, please feel free to uh, spoil the fuck out of this game. So yeah, so, so Devon is a uh, highly rated quarterback and he is picked up by the University of Texas, Go Longhorns, uh, and in his freshman year, his father, who is played by Mahashara Ali, of Oscar-winning fame from Moonlight, uh, he dies. And uh, it has a very big impact on Devon. And he has, like, a really bad stretch, throws some interceptions in some games, um, and drops out. So he completely drops out of college. Uh, And the story of it is him and his friend, who's called Colt, I think. Is it Colt? Colt Cruz? Yeah, Colton Cruz, Colton who Cruz. is like, who is yeah. as far as like comedy relief sidekicks go, the I J. think is kind of great. Jay and Silent Bob, I thought, is kind of <laughs> yeah, what, how yeah. I would describe him. He's just a fucking goof, like. Yeah. But I love him anyway. Cool. 
one. Absolutely. He's one of those guys who you think is going to be super obnoxious through the storyline, but is actually really enjoyable. I don't know if you thought that. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of like a lovable idiot is the the kind of thing like if he you know if he was a bit more conniving he'd be an absolute asshole but he's not he's just kind of dumb (laughs) yeah anyway so um him and his friend are trying to after their kind of after his disappointment and kind of like getting over the death of his father they're trying to find their way back into the nfl um so they you know i don't know how much you know about the process of it barry but to get into the nfl you kind of need to get scouted out of college and then there's like a thing called the combine right. where everyone gets together and it's basically underwear olympics <laughs> everyone does like <laughs> dashes and jumps and catches in front of scouts uh and whoever does like the best numbers or whatever kind of has a more favorable stock when it comes to getting drafted anyway so your boy devon and colt they're trying to get in there but they uh, end up becoming uh erstwhile stars of a reality tv show um because some producers kind of catch their eye uh called long shot and then from there on out it's just kind of the journey of these two trying to get to the nfl through the eyes of of the the long shot camera so it all becomes kind of meta and there's like you know lots of um like lots of cool little mini games of like them throwing passes and and stuff and catching it and it's just a really like feel-good story and it's incredibly relatable because if you really follow the sport, there are so many stories that are, that are like this, like people that have come from like real hardship and tough things that happen in their life and like really deprived backgrounds, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to to reach up to the NFL. So I think it is like as spot on without being hackneyed because it kind of sounds like it could be or a little cliche, but it's just an awful lot of fun, wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Like I was, there. There's some points at which I think it, it nearly lost me because I there. Uh, it, it's the real. At a certain point, some game stuff has to come in, and there's a couple of the decisions <laughs> they make where they try to get you to recall the exact plays from a playbook, which is really my blind spot when it comes to American football, and <laughs> yeah. that kind of knocked me out of it for a bit. Like well, you even don't know the, like, about skinny post routes, or no? F- funnily enough, no. Um, but yeah, like I'm along for the journey the whole way. I think like um, some of the characters are in it, like the, the grizzled old coach who kind of like doesn't like yes. you at all at first and kind of gradually takes you under his wing. I think he's a cool character, if like a little bit tropey, but that's what I want from this kind of story mode is that it, I want it to harken back to those American football movies. Um, Jack, I really love Jack Ford, isn't it? Yeah, Jack Ford, yeah. Yeah. I really, really like the small arc. Is it Dan Marino is in this? Yes, Dan Marino is in there. Yeah, you're trying a- to out throw Dan, Dan Marino. Actual Dan Marino uh, has a small arc in this, and he's great. Um, I love the stuff with, like, on the army base, which is very, like... Um, like it, it almost veers into ridiculous uh, volleyball scene from Top Gun <laughs> hijinks, but it doesn't quite yeah. go there. Like just in terms of a bunch of lads just playing around with a football on an army base. Um, the the reality TV aspect to it is kind of silly, but in a fun way. Um, that to be like I bought into that because I can just imagine like they do shows like that on the NFL Network. There's one called Undrafted where they will follow around players who didn't get drafted for for whatever reason and they're they're trying to make their way to the NFL and they'll speak to the agents and the families and they'll go visit them at their jobs and 
It's yeah. just like that. That show is really, really cool, and it, this long shot thing is kind of like a a mirror image of that show. Obviously, a little bit more wacky, but that makes it more fun. Yeah. So where I come down on this is that again, I don't think it's the very best story of the year. There are three strong contenders in this category for me. That's probably my fourth strongest, just based on the ones I've played. So I'm happy to see it go. Um, like I, I won't fight you too hard, not unless Jack feels differently. Uh, I do right. think, though, no. just based how on many, how I mean, surprisingly good it is, it definitely deserves to be in here. Yeah, I prefer Devin to um, Alex Hunter from FIFA. I have to yeah. say. Um, and how often is it like they're really? It kind of is something that has been a dearth uh, in the industry of the sports story game. There really isn't a great one. Yeah, and this is probably the closest we've gotten. This is the closest we've had. So I, I would quite like that. Um, I mean, aside from the like story modes on Tony Hawk or whatever, or the Jackass <laughs> crew turn up for no reason. Like there has no one's really attempted that, and I, I would absolutely, um, I love to con- them to continue down this path and actually gradually just get to the point where we can develop a sports story game where like i can buy into it because yeah I- i'd love anything that will combine my love of like sports and like rpg style gameplay and storytelling would be right up my alley <laughs> um oh this is tough now um down to our last five um <sighs> would it be a massive uh shithead move of me to take a pass on this one um, because of the five here, there are three I really, really like. One I'm kind of on the fence about, and one I actually genuinely haven't played. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. Take on the fence one. Okay, but I think I, I, I could be wrong, but I think Barry might fight me on it. Um, that's Yakuza Zero. Re- okay, um, <laughs> I, I've, I've hit a nerve. I've hit a nerve. I no, no, no. I don't think you have. I'm actually surprised you're on the fence about it. Um, um, well, but, what it is but, is that when you see what well, what two of my three that I'm really fond of are, you'll probably get it more. Uh, like I love the gameplay and some of the wacky shit that's going on in Yakuza Zero. Um, and I, I I do find it really enjoyable, but it's just compared to the the two or three I really like here, it's just not quite at that level for me. Yeah, again, I, it's a I, personal taste thing. Yeah, I, I think Yakuza Zero has a really fun story. I think it is all it is a completely bonkers collection of moments. Yeah. Um, but the, I feel the, like the overall core story of it doesn't reinvent the wheel i also think it has some failings with regards to how it sets up the rest of the series i don't really feel like they do the majima transformation justice i feel like it's all very uh crammed in at the end there uh it feels a little unnatural uh you know there there there's there's problems with the core story of it even though the writing in general is very very good and there's lots yeah. of humor and lots of interesting uh drama and you know it does it's not just comedy it does work as a as a as a sort of crime thriller but i i think that's actually a fair cut yeah um all right i'll cut them but can i just say as well uh speaking of majima the uh, the introductory scene of Majima in this game is one of the most fabulous things I played oh, through this year. Um, a, a man 
trying to win a fight by being excessively polite to the man trying to fight him is yes. just the most brilliantly bonkers thing you could only get from a game like Yakuza Zero. So okay. uh, yeah, I'll, not, I'll strike it off, but um, that is worthy of acknowledgement all the same. Right? Okay. So um, who was after me? Um, uh, Jack, I believe, because I Jack, did bad. Yeah. So. Go, Jack. Uh, I'm a cut. See, this sucks because I haven't played it, and of the ones that are left, I know the least about it. Um, in terms of what the story is, like I've seen enough of the gameplay of it, um, but I just didn't. As as I mentioned at the very start of this podcast, I didn't get around to playing it this year. Uh, Resident Evil Seven. <sighs> um, I'm I'm surprised this wasn't the one Dave was on the fence about because I honestly thought that the first couple of hours were super promising. I was mega disappointed with how that story uh, played out. Um, I I didn't um, see, I didn't come away with pretty much anything positive about Resident Evil on a story front, to be honest. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way. I read up again. Yeah, it makes such a great impression, that period in the house and shortly thereafter. Um, I think the greatest problem this game has is that sort of in the final third, it's a bit baggy. Like, um, there's what I think is an overly long period on the ship. Um, you know what I'm referring to here, Barry, you've beaten the game. Like in or around that, like, I think the, the reveal at the end of it, like that kind of propels you into the very end of the game is pretty decent as far as these things go. And like the, uh, the hardest thing for some horror games and actually horror movies as well is to stick the landing. So I think the thing that happens at the end of that phase of the game that propels you towards the end is pretty good. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bit of bagginess in the middle where I can see what they're trying to do is that, um, each, you could pretty neatly divide the game into the different types of horror movie it's trying to be in each phase. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I, I'll let this go off now. I, I think it makes, um, it's one of my favorite games of the year, uh, in a lot of ways, but I think, uh, I can't really argue with, the, there's definitely some flaws to its story here. Um, but I, I love Resident Evil 7 so much. So do you want to save it? Uh, no, I'll, I'll let it go, because, there again, that would have been the third of my three. I like, kind of like, kind of like Yakuza, I, uh, I like a lot of the moments in it. I love how, pretty shamelessly, that, that game is a ton of homages and mishmashes from popular horror things yeah. you've got a bit of texas chainsaw you got your blair witch you've got a, a, a saw segment a segment that's just totally a saw scene like from a yeah. from a deleted scene from a movie or something it's crazy yeah you've uh, got you've got your kind of like yeah your friday the 13th movies in there you've got your um you've even got like the the kind of the the early bit walking around the corridors in the house is very pt to me um, yeah. It's much more kind of like in your face and physical than yeah. PT, but it, it it evokes something similar to PT. So yeah, um, it's just I, I think maybe um, the game could have been edited down by a couple of hours to make that the back half of that story flow a little better uh, for me. That's for sure. Um, I yeah. I think it's just yeah. that I was so. I think it's one of those things where I was so bought into the gameplay of it all um, and how it handled um, that when 
the the story started to lag a little bit i was kind of still so super into how it had been playing so far that i i kind of forgave it that uh, i yeah. don't know if you felt the same but uh yeah i'm happy to to let it go at this point um barry oh god so we're down to hellblade wolfenstein and edith finch which are three games i just love I just love all yeah. three of these games. You just uh, you just got to What Remains of Edith Finn, did you? And I, I'm super glad I did. Um, yeah. And I kind of know I, I'm the one person on the Hellblade train. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, because I feel like Hellblade and Edith Finch, they, they really go hand in hand. They are super complementary things to each other. If, if this uh, year had been a month longer, I would have had a chance to get to it, but there was just yeah. so much and so little time. I, I do still really want to get to it eventually. Yeah. Um, I really don't know which of these I want to cut. And obviously Wolfenstein too. i tell you what. Uh, I know I, I'll probably have to answer for, for Hellblade soon, which is fine, but I'm going to actually suggest maybe cutting Edith Finch here if I have to choose between, Ooh, between okay. that these three options i think i think a lot it, it had a lot to say which was great um uh, it was very intriguing um uh it was the perfect length i, I thought all the characters were very interesting um i thought that the, the the uniqueness of the non-sequiturs and the way it handled those was very very cool uh but when it was all said and done i don't know that i really kind of took anything from it i kind of maybe felt like uh it was just kind of a series of quirky kind of short stories that i don't know that i got like a resolution to it like maybe that wasn't the point but um i i i i don't know there was i it was a fantastic game it's probably going to be like in my top 10 for the year but there was something about it that I feel like was just missing that I, uh, on the story front that I didn't quite love and I tried to put my finger on. Um, okay. But I, but, but I did love it. And like I said, it, it I thought it, it and Hellblade did go hand in hand. And I did feel like, uh, you know, they're both games about loss. They have a lot, they have a lot to say. Uh, they are not typical game stories. Uh, I thought that they were really both really fantastic. So, uh, so that would be my suggestion unless anyone really wants to dispute it. Now, uh, I, I, I love the idea of it, though. I thought it was yeah. a really, really cool concept. I, I really um, love that game a lot, but uh, at the end of the day here, we're down to three very strong nominees, and I'm just happy because until Barry played the game, I was convinced that I was going to be alone trying to shove this as high up the list as I could get it. We're down to two now, and that's Wolfenstein 2 and Hellblade, and I think... Um, so I haven't, like I, like I said, I haven't played um, Hellblade, but um, just to speak Sorry, of, of Wolfenstein 2 for a second, um, I, I think everything I've heard about Hellblade, because, again, I, I did my homework and, and everything that Hellblade sounds like story-wise without trying to spoil it on myself too much um, sounds really good and really, again, in the What Remains of Edith Finch, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Barry, with the hand-in-hand sort of thing. But no game this year left me legit shook <laughs> like Wolfenstein does at at two or three points during this game. Um, I think, and I talked to, to Mark about this at the time, I, I think 
Wolfenstein 2 gets the rhythm of how to deal with shocking events brilliantly in as much as there are huge, big kind of paradigm shifting moments for the franchise that happen in this. And then immediately afterwards, it completely eases off into a really quiet period for about an hour to let you kind of sit and ruminate and try and like figure out what the fuck did I just watch? Um, There was an article that went up on Waypoint this year um or like a couple of months ago when the game came out um I, it was before i had really gotten into it and it was that wolfenstein 2's opening doesn't fuck about or doesn't mess about and like that is very true the opening is just kind of in the the vein of the the first soft reboot of the wolfenstein series the um it, it it opens with like a very shocking and, and horrifyingly violent turn of events um, that kind of really shake you awake and plug you into the story. I really enjoy how we've gone from BJ Blazkowicz being icon in the bottom of a screen in Wolfenstein 3D to being one of the most fascinating protagonists in any video game in 2017. Did not fucking see that coming, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I mean we can't really get much further in, in this discussion without talking about M- mesquite, um, yeah. which w- will come up in best moments of the year as well. But uh, I, I don't know if you want to hash it out now or, or save mesquite for kind of what we're talking about. Best moments. I'd say of we the can year. save it. We can probably save it. Yeah, yeah. But we kind of, we all know here what, what happens and uh, like the arriving at mesquite kicks off about an hour or so of a succession of events that completely fucking rocked me. None of which one after the other, I really saw coming. Um, there is an incredible uh, arc that interweaves with it um, about kind of BJ's background and his parents and particularly his father, who I think is one of the most like, along with Engel, is one of the most loathsome fucking characters, like genuinely. I said it to Mark when he started playing is like every time I see his father's fucking face on the screen, I want to punch him. And like getting that visceral reaction from me says a lot about how good this story is. And then there's some like crazy stuff later on in the game after um, all that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, once again, like the first game, it, it goes into space and the stuff that happens in space in this game is fucking bananas. Um, <laughs> That's the the best way I can put it. And it ends in a really satisfying way that tees up the inevitable third game in the series. And it, it's one of those things where by the end of it, I was perfectly satisfied with the amount of Wolfenstein that I got. And I thought the story was uh, just incredible. Can I just ask one question, though? Yeah. Why did the Nazis think it's a good idea to stash codes in a base on Venus? Well, I wouldn't look there. <laughs> that was a bit. I'm just a bit like I. I, I what, what? Really? Okay. I mean, I mean, I pro- really at the end. Really at the end of the day, I suppose the reason is because video games. Yeah, I mean, the only the only knock on it is that sometimes it just goes a bit too nuts. And no, that's man. the only thing uh, I can. Uh, the, the scene, and I think Barrel already mentioned it, if I hand off to him, the, the scene where you meet the, the, the other resistance fighters, where like it's just this crazy action scene as you're drinking and trying to like uh, fight off Nazis. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Barry, do you want to talk about the storyline in, in Wolfenstein 2 here before we go to a vote? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, so I, I feel like 
maybe this is controversial, but I feel like it's kind of akin to Yakuza, where I feel the the, the it's strongest when viewed as a collection of moments. Yeah. Um, now there there is good again, like Yakuza, there is a, there is a good story there. It is well written. Um, I think it could have been paced a little better. I feel like they do front load those moments because after the craziness of Mesquite, it, they they don't quite hit that mark ever again. Um, uh, uh, there there are obviously fantastic moments after that, but I think it peaks a little early. And I, I also think that that is the emotional peak of the game. Yeah. Uh, everything else, all the other great moments after that are more kind of well, funny or zany. I, I think um, if you if you've been along for the ride for the whole series, the the um the 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 moment of like visceral retribution that you get at the end of that game is quite something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's a yeah. really, really satisfying ending um, to that game. So I don't think that should be discounted. And yeah, it doesn't quite reach the what the fuck levels of the the uh, immediate aftermath of Mesquite again. But I also do really, really appreciate how much they're swinging for the fences with what happens on Venus, where you're auditioning for playing yourself in a movie. And yeah, that scene is just so hilarious for about five different reasons. It's so insanely great. And like um, elderly withering Hitler comes in like completely yeah. out of his fucking mind um, and just starts shooting the people who aren't good enough. It's it's so fucking weird. Yeah, that is that is great. Uh, I, I will say, I mean, this 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 will probably be the um, uh, the eulogy for for Hellblade here. I, I will say I, I do honestly think that as a uh, as a beginning to end story, I, I do think it's the best story of the year. I think um, I think it's probably one that I think you'll all enjoy when you do get to it. If you do get to it, um, I think it has. I think it sticks the landing and has the best landing or best best ending rather uh, of any video game since The Last of Us. And probably taking that out of the equation, I don't even know if I could think of a of a, of a better ending to a game. Um, uh, a lot of people have talked about, obviously, you know, it's got the representations of mental health and all the other stuff. But the great thing about this is that it's not just, you know, here's like an action fantasy story. And it has a positive, you know, representation of mental health as a character trait. That's nice. The, the, the story is about mental health. It is about that. I mean, and you'll 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 see um, when you play it. it. You know, it isn't just a, a a well handled you know depiction of a character with it. It's like it is a story about that. I mean, your character uh, Senua. You know, she they. It's set in sort of eighth century kind of you know Scandinavian you know some somewhere in in, in kind of Middle Europe, um, uh, and she's kind of like this Celtic warrior. So they frame kind of the social stigma that's still very relevant today surrounding mental health issues with with her being kind of exiled from her from her um, her tribe uh, because she's seen as a, as like possessed, right? Because she hears she hears voices, so she has this inflicted exile. Um, obviously, you know uh, her her issues are are you know genetic. They're inherited from her parents. They 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 talk about the the the, the troubles that her her mother went through and all this other stuff. And uh, the ending in particular is is just so 
uh, uh, poignant and 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 perfectly done because it, it kind of sums up something that the game is telling you all along the way, which is that it's you know these aren't these aren't things that 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 the character can kind of get rid of, or it's not a it's not a boss to be defeated. It, it's more kind of about learning to live with what what she has, and that that not only extends to to her mental health problems, but also there's there's messages about you know loss and and um, coming to terms with with life as it is and, and and accepting that life has its ups and downs. Just lots of really you know powerful messages, really well executed upon, um, uh, uh, and just wrapped up with a really nice, uh, uh, a bittersweet uh, ending. That that I mean, I, I talked before about kind of listening to soundtracks back and what a great year through that. I've I've watched like the ending half hour of this game like i don't know how many times like maybe a dozen times since i finished it a month ago um uh because it was so it was so well executed so um yeah i think i think it's i think it's great obviously you know i i don't expect it to win given that that you know you guys haven't played it which is fine but i'm I'm happy that it got to second and, and that we gave it its its uh its recognition uh and plus you know i mean wolfenstein is is tremendous so that's it's, it's a worthy winner so if you guys want to want to uh, call it here for for Wolfenstein. I think that I think that's cool. Okay, unless you have an objection to that, Jack. I think Barry did an excellent job uh, explaining Hellblade, and I now feel like I'm going to go away and kind of watch some of that on uh, on YouTube and try and get myself into it, much like I did with Hitman last year, and uh, massively got into that game. So, yeah, um, I, I it it's kind of unfair, mate, but I have to vote for Wolfenstein. No, that's that's yeah. that's, yeah. that's cool. Uh, and plus, also the other thing about Hellblade as well is that it's not—it's uh, not like an Edith Finch where you can power through it because it's two hours. The, the one big criticism of the game, including you know from me, is that it's—it's it's about eight hours long, and the the combat and the action is like good, but it's not like it doesn't hold up for eight hours. So it it feels a bit like a slog in parts. So I, I it's you know you can't you can't squeeze everything in before before a, a series like this. You just kind of have to make your peace with it. Okay, so the winner for Best Story this year is Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Moving on to one of our uh, our tentpole awards, uh, one which it feels like the name for it gets longer uh, every time I look at it. This is now officially called the Peter Willington Memorial It's Like a Ham Sandwich or Keen Award for OKest Game of the Year. Uh, this was a category we introduced last year, the winner being Gears of War 4. The nominees are Arms, South Park, The Fractured But Hull, Golf Story, Night in the Woods, Destiny 2, Sonic Mania, Tekken 7, Tacoma, Danger Zone, Middle Earth, Shadow of War. And uh, provided he didn't fall asleep with all our talk of narratives, I'm going to shoot to Mark Robinson first to stretch those vocal cords and knock something off the list. I'm still here, and uh, that was that was a good chat you had. Um, I should probably go and have a look. I, to be fair, Hellblade is a game I've I've wanted to have a look at. I haven't got around to. Uh, that will be something that I will do uh, next year at some point. Uh, for this, I will take off Danger Zone because I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not even sure I would classify it as an okay game. From everything that I've ever seen of it, it just looks more like. Uh, a, a final year project for a game student, but not even a particularly good one. Would that be a fair assessment to make? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it. Un- unfortunately, and I, I, like, I desperate. I think I mentioned this already. I really want these guys to succeed. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think. I, I think this kind of misses the bar for okay, and it's actually just kind of underwhelming and bad. Yeah. Okay, so danger zone is knocked off. I'm going to go next, and um, for kind of like similar reasons that it doesn't quite make the criteria, but in an opposite way that I think it's considerably better than just being okay. Uh, I'm going to knock off Night in the Woods. Uh, I think yes. I don't. I don't think Night in the Woods is just an okay game. Um, I get that it is. If you are kind of all like, not saying that this is a, an opinion that is ascribed to Mark, but if you are the kind of like player Mark is, where you don't care about story as much and it's more about gameplay, I can see how you might think it's only okay because it doesn't reinvent the wheel with the way you interact with the game, uh, except on a story level. But I, I think as a whole package, I think it's considerably better than okay. I don't know if it's game of the year uh, necessarily, but we'll have that chat later. Um, but I do think it's a lot better than just okay. So I'm going to... No, I, like, I, I'll up? say this because I'm surprised that it wasn't on uh, best story um, just because obviously it's a lot more kind of narrative driven. But I do like that it, it does harken back to a degree to uh, Daria, uh, which she'll be stunned to know it was a cartoon that I really liked um, because, you know, stroppy teenagers. I think you might jam. have just sold a copy, mate. It's really good, Jackie, you should. It, it does have elements of that throughout. Um, and there, there is kind of elements of looking at the world through the eyes of teenagers of all kind of various attitudes and, and mentalities and so yeah so it's definitely like it's a lot more interesting than what you could just describe as an okay game um but i do also think that mechanically it's kind of limited but you know that's that's coming from my perspective of, of why i look for in games so yeah my Woods is an interesting one but i i don't think it it really captures the essence of just a, a peter willington type game what we're looking for here uh jack well middle earth is off because it won disappointment of the year so fucking yeah get so it off it the i think but that's that's what makes it so okay is that it is disappointing but it's also still like a decently competently made yeah, game i think i, I, I yeah. think i think it I think it might be. I nominated this, and I think it has a good shot at, of of staying on yeah, longer. I, Maybe I think I could lobby for this to win because it's like it, it was just good enough for me to put a couple hours in, feel that that fun feeling I had with the first game, and then just gradually lose interest. I think this is an extremely yeah. okay game. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with that. I thought everybody was going to agree with Jack there, so I had started highlighting it, but I totally feel that like. It it was most disappointing, but it was most disappointing relative to the first game, very which was very high perch to begin with. Yeah, unbelievably brilliant. So, right. a, 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 like for this rejection. game to be, be to for this game to be extremely disappointing, it, it it is that it is just okay. But take another swing there, Jack. Right, my other swing is Golf Story because I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think yeah. it's better than okay. I think it's a lot of fun, and I, I don't think I, just... I could. <laughs> what. I gotta, yeah, I gotta leave one of these go, I guess. But I was, uh, my, so my, I'll just say now, my two picks for this were Golf Story and 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 Middle Earth. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry, mate. <laughs> but uh, but that's that's fine. I can, I, I, I know people love Golf Story. I like it. I, I just, um, my my thing about it was that it, it has a, it hooks you really well, really early, and then it's like a a, a lot of two D golf. 
you know so <laughs> see that's, my that's thing what, that's i guess that's I'm there right up though. my street so <laughs> my my yeah. thing with golf story is that there wasn't enough golf like i i wasn't expecting them to hearken <laughs> yeah. so much on the story side of it which was fine because i i enjoyed the story that it went with but like i was coming into this just wanting uh, another um mario golf rpg and it just yeah it only kind of slightly went down that path so if it'd given me like just more golf then it would have been one of my games of the year yeah that which is why i'm absolutely raging at dave that everybody's golf didn't make this list because i that started I, it out had as, to be, it had to be one golf or the other um okay, well, the everybody, i thought this was the more golf story in, this was the more interesting discussion i think right everybody's golf belongs on this list because you have to play the same things over and over again and the only way to really advance is to do the same thing over and over again and it just gets so dull and repetitive and everything about it is great for the first few hours but then when you realize how much effort it is to actually do anything to actually unlock any further levels then it just becomes more of a grind and less entertaining and golf story didn't feel like that golf story felt like a lot of fun so i because i'm the only one that had played everybody's golf i get why it's easy to uh to cut that but yeah i golf story's great and it should be on this list cool right so we'll knock golf story off okay that means we're going to bye oh i'm, I'm really stuck on this now uh, I haven't I haven't got around to it yet. What are what are everyone's feelings on South Park, the second South Park? Um it's to me, uh I've played about fifteen, twenty hours of it, I think. Um it's kinda just more of the same. Um it's not uh, the one thing that I will say that makes it better than the first game is the combat. I think the way they've done the combat with the grid-based movement is really cool, and uh, I, I don't know if I said it on the Game of the Year podcast, but I definitely said it on actual Link to the Cast that the gameplay is probably my favourite part of that game now. Um, but in terms of like seeing the game move like an episode of the cartoon or the kind of jokes they do based on the, the genre they're parodying, we've kind of seen it all before. And that's why I, I think it is probably only OK. If it's any better than OK, it's probably only a little bit better than OK, like maybe a 7.5 out of 10 for me. Um, and that's speaking as somebody like I know myself and Jack often have our discussions about how I don't really care for the, the cartoon anymore. But I did really, really like Stick of Truth. Um, <laughs> I, I just we thought had one discussion that... about that. And I've been labeled as like this South Park fanboy. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I, think, uh, but I, I think what I mean is we, we've had a couple of discussions about it. But I, I think like of the two of us is what I mean is like I, I've i definitely registered my, my lack of interest in the show to you. Um, yeah. But just kind of like with that said, uh, I, I did really, really like Stick of Truth. Um, it's the most I've enjoyed anything to do at South Park in years and years and years. Uh, and yeah, Fractured Butthole changes the combat, which is big thumbs up, but doesn't change enough uh, for me to think it's a properly good game. Like as in a, like a game of the year contender, I think it probably just is somewhere in the middle of the road. Maybe, maybe it's a little bit too good for this category. Um, so what I like about this category, you're arguing whether a game is either too good or too bad to yeah. be okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. But that's like that's the space we're working in here. That's that's what I enjoy about middle of the road games, where it's just <laughs> like like I, I I feel strong in my indifference to this game is basically the way we're trying to argue this category, which is what I like yeah. about it. Um but yeah, I'm I'm cool with Fractured Butthole going off this list or staying on. Um 
because maybe it's a little bit better. It's definitely not worse than just okay. It's either just okay or it's a little bit better. Like me really enjoying the combat so much, it probably is a little bit better and it can go off the list then. Um, I don't know if anybody feels quite, like differently about that. I haven't yeah, played it, so... As, as a South Park fanboy, I can't stand the fact that this is... <laughs> yeah, take off your Cartman t-shirt there and tell us how you feel. That's well, how you look, really feel. Dave, yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed the first South Park game, so is there enough here that you reckon that I would still enjoy this? Because, uh, like, from what I get, it's it's a there's a bit of the... more of the same, but the combat is slightly tweaked up a little bit. Yeah, the comedy aspects of it are a bit played out, but then that's kind of self park yeah. in general. But if there's still enough here that it's, I'm going to get not maybe as much enjoyment, but enough enjoyment that it's worth playing from the sequel, then I don't think it belongs on this list. Yeah, I, I think you. Yeah, I think for that reason we should strike it off then, because I think you will enjoy it a little bit more than just a very middle of the road game. So we'll get rid of it there. The premise um, of just Cartman just saying, "Oh no, we're not doing that anymore." Yeah, we're doing superheroes. <laughs> that's that yeah, genius. That's, yeah, yeah. For if if you didn't know that, Barry, that's basically the way they segue into superheroes. Is that Cartman runs into a middle of the battle scene where they're all dressed up as their characters from the first game, and basically okay. says, "Fuck this, we're not doing fantasy anymore. We're doing superheroes now." That's okay. the segue, which is just I laughed for ages at that. Um, and there are yeah, there are a couple of good moments in it that I did laugh at. Like there's one bit where like you use the right control stick to change into your costume, and there's a bit where like a kid is walking past you as you do it, and he just stops and go, "Why did you do that? That's really dumb." Yeah, uh, just different things like that. So it probably is a little bit better. Than, okay, we'll we'll get rid of it off there. Uh, we're heading over to Mark to start the the round again. Right, I don't give a fuck about Destiny at all. So. I don't know who put this on the list, but is is this just okay, or is it just because it's Destiny and it's a grind fest that it's on here, or does someone talk to me about Destiny too? Did either of you put it, or was this uh, the wider panel who aren't in attendance here? That, that could possibly it be there. it. Oh, did you? You put it on there, Jack. Okay, yeah, go for it. I put it on there because like Bungie come out and they're like, oh, we're not doing Halos anymore. We're just doing this thing that kind of looks like Halo uh yeah and then oh here's another one uh i'm sick of destiny already and it's only destiny 2 and everything about it and it's destiny the same game but with loot boxes and that is just ugh, it does nothing for me but it's also not bad because you're like in a spacesuit and you're roaming around an open world and shit um which is kind of cool but there's nothing exciting about it, but you could not say in any way that it was a bad game from playing it, because I want to not like it, but I still think it's reasonably fun, like when I played it around my mate's house, but I just, it, it's just, it exists, and it exists for Bungie to make money, and I don't care. So I think it it belongs on this list, because it is just, eh. Yeah, I think it's the perfect plan. I think it's it's a perfect bland sort of game because I think it does from my little playing of the first one and from what I understand the second one, um, it handles mechanically quite well. But everything, the destiny of it all, like everything about it, is just bleh. And like Jack said, it's 
it may as well be just text prompts to feed your credit card information into the thing. They just yeah, Activision just want your money. It's just grindy trying to pick stuff up and like my mate Tom loved it and he's trying to explain to me like how the microtransactions aren't a big deal and blah blah blah. Yeah, at the end of every like grind fest, you go into a thing where there are microtransactions there right on the screen, and I'm like, oh. So it's not all about the microtransactions, eh? When they just basically write in your face, but you can't say it's bad. So, like, when I was thinking about this, because I this is arguably the category that, like, of all the games that I played or watched or saw other people play or read about or whatever, this to me is the most. And, and I know that Barry argued the same point for Middle Earth, which I think is absolutely fair. But this was to me the most. Uh, ham sandwich experience I, I could possibly think of because <laughs> it's just you know people in space with laser guns pew 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 um yeah fuck's sake you're looking for that little extra je ne sais quoi and you're just not getting it do you want to take- there's no je ne sais quoi destiny is the most cynical game because it like yeah. the first destiny is cynical but at least they were it was a new franchise but then it's like no destiny 2 and it's exactly the fucking same as destiny all right except uh, maybe just yeah yep that works for me okay well i'm taking arms off then because arms is a good game it's not okay yeah. it's a fucking Arm- good game yeah arms is better than okay like arms is, a, is an eight to me um so we'll take that off. I'm not going to fight that. Um, and for similar reasons, I'm probably going to take Sonic Mania off because I think Sonic Mania is better than Middle of the Road. Oh, I, I don't think it's. Say, I was going to say Sonic Mania should maybe stay on this. I see. I, I don't think it's Game of the Year necessarily. God, but I do think it. Like it plays quite well. We talked about how the soundtrack is fun. The things they do with the stage two is fun. There's enough pretty damn good stuff about it that I think it's a better experience than eating a ham sandwich or listening to Keen. See, see, the thing, the thing about Sonic Mania, though, is, right, even 2D peak Sonic, Sonic is bad. Okay? Oh, and, oh coming and in here with like, a Sonic is bad ooh, take. Sonic, Sonic, Sonic is bad. It wants you to go 100 miles an hour despite the fact that the like the levels are like not designed properly with that in mind you're always running into stuff your momentum stops you're Barry, missing Barry, things you're thinking of these. Sonic 3D games no <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking of Sonic 2D games sir <laughs> they are they are also even the peak ones are overrated but Sonic Mania is an okay game because they twisted the formula a little bit they designed some cool levels they had gorgeous presentation and and music but there's still those things where it's like, I'm going faster than I can see. Oh, I guess I got hit by an enemy. Okay, then. Uh, oh, I'm going, fa- again, faster than I can comprehend. I- I'm missing things along the way. Am I supposed to stop and get them? <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, Barry. I don't know what Sonic is about. But that maybe this is the, maybe this is the wrong venue to die on my Sonic is bad no, guild. But, no, uh, Barry, I, I, just... I've always admired your thoughts, and I feel like you're an intelligent <laughs> man. But what you just said is absolutely 100% perfect. Preach, man. I don't get Sonic either. I think it's fine, but everything, what, as what you say, just comes at Jack you. There. Jack, Jack was setting it up for the burial and then took a left turn. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a bunch me of and Barry just need to get hang good. in the corner with, without yeah, Sonic, can... like, who cares-ness. My, my I, I, thing... I, go on. 
Sorry, I, my thing with Sonic Mania, and it goes back to what I said about in the the sound uh, category. The biggest issue with Sonic Mania is that there's not enough original content. Like me coming into this game from everything that I'd seen in the um, uh, gameplay trailers and stuff that all the journalists that had been allowed to play was all about stuff that was other than obviously uh, Green Hill Zone because you know you're going to get shown that, but it all looks like oh we're going to get a game that's uh, relatively made up of new content and it's just not there now what they do with the older levels and the new tricks and mechanics um are really well implemented and i think i maybe i don't have the same frustrations as um i've you barry you jack have because i played a lot of sonic games and because i've played a lot of these levels before I kind of know what to expect, so I don't run into the same issue of running into a wall or an enemy or whatever. Um, but I, I can understand and appreciate that you're going too fast. Oh, wait, now I've fallen into a, a spike pit or whatever. Um, I don't think that's as egregious as just the fact that there's not enough original content for me. Um, but as like a Sonic fan, uh, compared to, say, Sonic 4, which is just an okay. out-and-out or a bad game... Yeah. Uh, this is is a significant step up. Um, I could see an argument for it. I think it's a little bit better, just just a, a smidgen above okay. Uh, and I'm kind of now like from what Jack's put forward for for Destiny Two. That's kind of I feel my hill I'm going to die on with this. Yeah. Okay. If, if we can take we can take Sonic off. I don't think Sonic wins this category either way. So I think that's yeah. Fine. I, I think I, I would totally have gone along with Sonic staying for a little while longer, but I, yeah, I don't think it's going to uh, win in the end. Uh, I'm also going to take then, while because it's my, my turn next, uh, I'm just going to take Tacoma out. I, I think the reason I put it on here was because it's kind of just more of the same from Fulbright, but more of the same from the full, from Fulbright is still pretty good. I was yeah. a little bit disappointed that it wasn't that much more, but still the narrative of this game is way better than most games. Um, and I enjoyed the clever way that they chose to tell their story. So I think it's only a little bit better than okay. Um, so I'll take it off here just for want of <laughs> having to take anything else off because I think we're now down to probably the the objective uh, best three for this category here. I'm just um, going to stop you here, right? We've got Destiny 2, Tekken 7, and Middle-Earth Shell of War left. I, I am happy with any of these three winning because yeah. they are all pretty much well, dead there's, on what you would call well, okay. There's one here because... It, 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 it hits home for me that I really want to win this category. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's no there, there's no uh, upset coming from these three. These are so, all kind of makes a lot of sense. I'll, um, I'll say this about Tekken 7 because I think I, I nominated this. Um, you I completed, did? I completed Tekken 7. I platinum Tekken 7 in about four days um, because there's just not a whole lot there, uh, which is... Brag. Which is kind of no, <laughs> genuinely, it it's not a very long game. You can complete it in about six hours and platinum it in about six hours, um, and it's kind of an ongoing issue with fighting games where they try to like do they just go full on the Evo route and just make like Street Fighter, or do they try and add um, all the stuff that NeverRealm have been doing between Mortal Kombat and Injustice and kind of flesh out a, a full storyline campaign. And there is a balancing act that you have to find there. And so 
Tekken 7 has always had, a, or Tekken in general, has always had a really uh, solid, uh, tactical, but still kind of arcade-ish uh, fighting mechanic-style combat system. And I, it's always been my favourite fighting game because of that. The problem is, is that I'm not uh, uh, an online... Um, versus kind of person i don't really care about evo i don't care about any of that and i think just because as i've gotten older because i don't have as much time to sink hours upon hours into just playing against the computer in arcade mode those kind of games do need to add more for me to enjoy it and that's what neverom did with the original with mortal kombat 9 and mortal kombat 10 and the injustice games we saw with street fighter that uh, a completely botched story mode it, it will, um, for the kind of casual gamer, it will just take them out of the experience. And the same thing happens here with Tekken 7. The story mode is, is horrendously botched. The voice acting is awful. It's And Tekken is wacky enough and has a fucking mad bonkers anime-style lore and story that you could actually do a lot with it if you really One wanted to. half luchador, half fucking, like, puma. Exactly. What, what more do you need? To, to fucking go bonkers with uh, and so in some ways that actually just disappointed me uh, more than anything else but it's it kind of disappoints me but the combat's still really really good that it's above okay and then you kind of come together and you meet somewhere in the middle and it's just like yeah uh, it was alright I guess and, Plus, and that's but, but Tekken Bowl though that well, Tekken cool. Bowl is obviously yes of course and that but they could just release Tekken Bowl as its own two. individual thing like GTA Online and I'd be good enough with that. Okay, is is anybody going to strike one? Or go to try and strike one off here, or do I, you want to put all three of them to a vote? I I think I think the the arguments for Tekken are fair and good and compelling, and I think it's it's worthy. I think Destiny and Mordor are are are, are the yeah. the top two here, and I this that's, is a rare that's the way I've been leaning since the very start. And this is a rare category where I think I'd be okay with a draw on this one because uh, I think they are two extremely okay games. Would that anyone sum, fight that us? sums it up as well because neither of them are actually winning it, which makes it even better. Would anyone fight us on uh, Tekken 7 going off here? Mark, would you fight too hard? Um, well, I like Tekken 7 and I fucking hate Destiny, so like, I, I, I'll actually just vote for Destiny on this. So yeah, you can strike Tekken off. Um, I kind of wanted to come to an end on this, but I, I totally get what everyone's saying about Destiny. It's just that Middle Earth to me is such an egregious disappointment. Yeah, uh, from like falling down from before. Whereas I, at this point, I I don't like. I I think it's it's hard to kind of like um, articulate the way I feel about Destiny, in as much as. I, I I don't know whether I didn't expect anything different from Destiny. Uh, that doesn't really impact its okayness. I just there's no more there's no game that has pained me more by just being the equivalent of eating a sheet of cardboard than Middle Earth: Shadow of War this year. Just how that game can go from being one of the best games of its year with the uh, uh, Shadow of Mordor to just just repeatedly getting in its own way and like without changing the like the core gameplay minute to minute is exactly the same and somehow it in spite of all that in spite of all that 
this is the most unbelievably pedestrian experience I had this year in a game. Like yeah. I this this is I feel so passionate about how under fucking whelming this game is. I can't even like it makes me angry. That's how indifferent I am to this game because I shouldn't be. I well, I I enjoy Lord of the Rings. I fucking love that first game. And what's what's uh, more egregious? What's more egregious? Going from uh, game of the year to underwhelming um but still pretty competent or being a competent but completely uninspired shooter to another competent but completely uninspired shooter oh with it's it's, it's it's mid, it, with it's, loot boxes it's middle, it's it's middle earth all the way for me because the thing about that like there was a couple of these games that we kind of like like fractured but whole where like oh it's kind of just more of the same which is a little bit disappointing but all shadow of war had to be was more of the same to be good and it couldn't even just be more of the same without getting in its own way um that's what makes, i, I like, totally that's, agree that's with, with one of the hundred reasons that makes me so annoyed but sorry barry what were you saying no i, I t- almost totally agree with everything you're saying but I've never touched Destiny because it's never looked like my kind of thing for like all the exact reasons Jack has kind of outlined, and I think his, his yeah. case is pretty compelling. So, I mean, if, if, if this was me writing my personal, you know, Link to the Cast uh, awards, I'd be putting uh, Mordor there, but I think I think the, the case for Destiny was pretty damn good, so I, I'm, I'm okay again yeah. with the draw. Yeah, we'll we'll go to we'll go to a vote, but uh, just to confirm it. But my whole thing on Destiny was that to me, Destiny has just always kind of been bad. Like mechanically, it works great, but everything right. about that game, story wise, universe wise, and just the minute to minute fucking grinding of that game has always been bad, not okay, bad. Uh, and the only saving grace was of it was that it held up kind of like it holds up okay mechanically and looks okay. Um. That would be my thing, but we, we, we can put it to a vote anyway. Um, and I am voting for, to the shock of no one, Middle-Earth Shadow of War. Uh, Mark? I will go Destiny. Jack? Fuck, just fuck Destiny too. Okay. And Barry, you want to tie it up then? I will go Shadow of War, yeah. <sighs> cool. <laughs> What's wrong, Mark? I don't like... I don't like these ties i like well, having co- a clear winner well come over come over i'm, I'm, with, you. Of I'm with you mark i am yeah. i i will avoid a tie where at all possible yeah. mark i don't I want think, to tie think, here either because here. I'm, yeah. I'm so fucking mad at this game still i don't want to tie i right. wanted to win and i wanted to go on fire and go away from me right. i did it last time and i'll do it again just because i like you i'll 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 come to the dark side you can have Fuck luck yes robinson want. yes do you know he's what? done it He's I'll only do gone it as well, it. just because you really care and like. Yeah, Dave's angry. But, <laughs> I'm so fucking mad at this game. But the thing is, you're so mad. Do you know what the, it, no, you know what the worst like... part is, Jack? Jack, Jack, do you know what the worst part is? This fucking game, I was, it, I was such a sure thing for me for ages that I own this game digitally. I can't even give it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with this game tied to my PSN account until long after my children are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes me upset. The fact that you're so mad at it makes me wonder whether you think it's okay or not. But like, I also no. don't want to argue with you because I, I'm a little bit scared of it now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, congrats, Middle Earth, you massive disappointing shite. The Peter Willingdon Memorial. It's like a ham sandwich or keen award for okayest game of the year goes to Middle Earth: Shadow of War, which can go fuck itself. Thank you.
Chicks dig Lord of the Rings, Randall. Yeah. Kind of chicks that are into swords and elves and shit. And I wouldn't fuck them with the torch of Gondor. Oh, you're so gross.